Hey everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read and Weep. We are back. We are uh, still recording safely from home. Every other podcast that I listen to, I don't know if you guys noticed this, they're all like, oh, we're recording separately over the internet. Our audio quality is bad. We have been recording bad audio quality over the internet since before it was cool. I've I've never known what any of you guys look like. (laughs) This is a safe remote podcast always. So we are continuing that. Um, Thank you for joining us. We are probably the, the most important thing you could be listening to right now. And I appreciate you spending your time with us. I'm Alex uh, in, in Los Angeles, joined, um, as always, by my co-quarantiner, Megan. Hello. Um, how's it going? Are you it's, sick of me yet? No, I'm not. I'd, I'd never get sick of you. Oh, that's so sweet. Also joining us in uh, Northern California, it's Ez and Sarah and their family. Hello. Hey, we're not sick of each other yet, for sure. <laughs> yeah, each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You Everyone guys have, on this podcast we still like. You have a back. You have a backyard. That seems like it would help, right? Oh, oh and yes. yes, and also, uh, I guess, parental uh, hack. If you if you have uh, a backyard uh, and you're quarantined, buy a tent because oh, that's like that's, that's like, like an inside outside places. place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it that's, was a game that changer. That awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so smart. Ours also joining us uh, in Brooklyn, New York. It's Chris and Tanya. Hey, hey. Hello. Do you guys have a? You guys don't have a. You you, you do have a backyard. I remember now. You yeah, have a we beautiful do. backyard. Yeah, we yeah, do. You have a tent. Yeah, we're we're the weird ones in Brooklyn we, with a we lot of We have a tent, but since we don't have kids, we've had no reason to set up the tent in the backyard as some sort of weird fort. Oh, what's stargazing. Star, oh yeah, stargazing. Oh, we don't have those in New York. Yeah, that's oh. the stars. <laughs> that's weird. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> just gazing. Just gazing. The stars are on Broadway, and I guess a new place to find rats. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There was a like twenty four hour uh, power outage in West Hollywood yesterday, which um, probably made it so there was some better stars in that area. Hmm. If we could just get that citywide, you could really see some stars. There's no, yeah. there's no smog, you guys. The air is amazing. That's what the city needs right now is just a uh, power outage, widespread mm. outages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds super fun. <laughs> um, also joining us, rounding out our panel, also in Los Angeles, uh, it's New Sarah and Kyle. Hi guys. Hello. I'm doing uh, used car dealership like blowy man arms. Yeah, he's he's oh. become one of those waving men. Why? You. Because it's joyful, and we all need to find moments of joy right now. All right, I'll do it with you, Kyle. I'm, I'm doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, come to our dealership. Oh, wait, okay, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, it's happening. It's making oh, our dog. My fan so is not sure any of you because I've never seen you before. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, my my fan is not strong enough, and I am falling over. Oh no! <laughs> so <laughs> you're just kind of like flumping. Yeah. He's deflated. Right. L- listeners, we invite you wherever you are, probably at home, to join in with this. <laughs> almost uh, certainly at uh, home. Ac- yeah, almost certainly uh, across the the country of uh, 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 floppy, wobbly, wavy uh, arm guys. It's a celebration it of like humanity. The crappy American equivalent of the Italians singing to each other. We yeah. had uh, yeah. we had one of those like I don't think it's crappy but like it, it, um, where my parents were living they uh, they all howl like coyotes at eight, 8 p.m. Oh what? So yeah yeah so, so everyone goes to their to their uh, outside and they howl uh, like coyotes and they get all these like yips and howls back from across like the uh, the, the neighborhood. It's lovely actually. Yeah. If you can find Aww. a video of it online. Yeah. It's all right. Sure. <laughs> Look, we're going feral. We're doing the best yeah, we can. We're all animals. <laughs> 
Um, well, our version is just going to be to silently flail. Um, <laughs> you guys can take it or leave it. Work those obliques. Extremely classy. Yeah. Work those obliques. That's good that's, that's, that's our that's our keep calm and carry on for the podcast. <laughs> work those Back obliques. Back mics. Work those obliques. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get a poster for us up soon. <laughs> Uh, it's it is so nice to be talking to you guys. Um, it does sound like maybe we're all going slightly crazy. This is like a little bit more off the walls than we normally are at the beginning, but not that far. So we're still like I guess like I'm if I'm checking in, it's like two percent stir crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna be fine. Um, it seems good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's great to have you guys. Um, before we get into the challenge today, uh, before we talk about the episode, this is uh, we're talking about season seventeen, episode two of Top Chef All Stars. Um, before we do, the the episode today was dedicated to Floyd Court Cardas Cardas to Floyd Cardas Cardas, um, who was the winner of Top Chef Masters season three, who passed away this week. Yeah. And tremendous chef. Yeah, it was. Such a such such a cool guy on on the TV and and is very sad news, um, and uh, yeah. So we just wanted to take a minute and acknowledge it. And we we were discussing yeah. off the air what his charity was. We were trying to remember what because of the charities on on Top Chef Masters, and um, that's that's the main takeaway from Top Chef Masters. I don't remember the food as much, but I do remember the charity aspect. Well, one thing if you wanted to see him and something that he did recently, he was on the latest season of Ugly Delicious on the episode about Indian food, which also. Features oh, yeah. Padma being like it's a very very interesting episode of Ugly Delicious and how it like sort of captures how big Indian food is as a concept, uh, but also yeah. he's like really it, it's cool to see him engage with it because he like travels to India uh, is like kind of one of the guest correspondents leading some of that and it's it, it was just it's he's a much bigger than one episode of a TV show but if you want to see like a glimpse of his expertise and what he can do. Uh, that's a great yeah, that's thing to great check out. It is a great recommendation. Yeah, I'm going to throw absolutely. a link to that in our show notes. That's on Netflix. Yeah, it just came out a month or two ago. Really. Less than a month. Yeah, it was really recent. Hmm. Well, um, our thoughts were, are with his family and his and his um, his, his partners and his uh, everybody who knew him. Um, I do want to also say the, the episode Top Chef had a little crawl at one point on the show. Um, about the James Beard Relief Fund. Um, so we were talking last week about a little bit about trying to support chefs and, and restaurateurs that we like, and especially um, Megan and I, because we have, we have not had the opportunity to eat at most of these people's restaurants, but we've gotten so much joy from them on television. And so I thought this was really cool, which is that the James Beard Foundation has started very quickly a, a relief fund for chefs and restaurateurs who are having trouble right now. So if you um, wanted to give money to a granting organization that really cares about chefs and restaurants and can help people out right now. Um, that's We'll throw that link on our website as well, but it's jamesbeard.org slash relief. And I, it seems like they're doing they're doing like the most the best work that I've seen someone trying to do in this industry so far. So I really recommend that as well. And just to mention the charity that uh, Floyd championed, it was the Young Scientist Cancer Research Fund at Mount Sinai Medical School. Yeah. Yeah. That was very cool. Well, um... All right, thanks for talking about that. Let's lighten things up a bit. Let's talk about the episode of the show. So at the end of season 17, episode one last week, Padma told a group of exhausted chefs who just finished a big elimination challenge that their next 
challenge started now, and by that she meant go home, get a night's sleep, and spend the day eating food, and then you'll have yeah. a challenge. Was that? That mis- sounds like an awesome day. It does sound. We're gonna have to like run into the surf and like grab a sunfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, butcher it was, live. It was such a. It was such a big switch. She was. It was. It was. It was. Here's 101 restaurants. Read about them and see where you want to go. Yeah, you know? that it was so much more chill than it sounded. Like she was gonna say, like tomorrow you're opening your own restaurant. Like it <laughs> felt like it felt like it was gonna be cook now. You're doing chili overnight or one of those challenges. Yeah, yeah. but it was there not. Were, it was like, there were a few wily edits, I think, in yeah. this episode. There was another oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. With a very mean look of Padma's that turned out to be absolutely oh. nothing at mm-hmm. all. Which oh, totally. I'm so yeah, man, yeah, every preview, every coming up on Top Chef I, is a lie. It's just complete artifice. I if they're this is my theory now is if they if they show someone not liking a food, that food turned out good. Yeah. Or at least they not bad in the it. way that they're know. saying. Yeah, or it just was a, a big nothing burger, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serving a lot of nothing, nothing, nothing burger. burger. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay. It, That's it's, an amazing thing. It's term. a great phrase and it's so perfect for the show. because um, you've got a, such a good nothing pickle. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you yeah, put it make a perfect good nothing pickle? Burger. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so it's Siege. <laughs> So instead of instead of uh starting cooking right away and instead of having a quick fire at all, the chefs are given Jonathan Gold's guide to the one hundred and one best best restaurants in Los Angeles. Um which looks like a thing that would be like on a on a coffee table in an Airbnb, but is uh, more respected than the average restaurant guide, because yes. Jonathan Gold is a famous Los Angeles food critic. Um, what well, was it? And, and good. Yes, like. and and good. Yes, he was a great writer. He had a Pulitzer, a Pulitzer for food criticism, which is incredible. Didn't even know they gave those out for that. I didn't either. And before him, they didn't. So, uh, when is the appropriate time for? The slightly longer term Angelinos to flex on some restaurants. Uh, right about now, I would love. For the- okay, right about now, also, brothers. It's, it's also worth mentioning that Jonathan Gold. Uh, this is a. This is also a, a, a gathering to sort of celebrate his life. Yes, because yeah. he, he, he passed in what twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the most recent guide was twenty seventeen. So yeah, this is his he last guide old, that he wrote. Still some some. Hot fire. I really want you guys to flex, but first let me just say what their challenge, what the what the first part of their day was. Was they were given these guides, broken up into teams. Um, hopefully, you four like each other. Given a BMW and told to just drive around Los Angeles, eating at those restaurants. Which it's not the easiest city to be like. Let's go hit a lot of restaurants today. Um, they took a chunk. So I guess they they broke off like a, a manageable chunk of the city, like yeah. more or less. Mm-hmm. They did not have. They to went spend, into different regions. To different so, regions. Yeah. They didn't spend the whole day driving. Um, but yeah, so they were just driving around eating food out of this guidebook and then talking to the chefs who made it about what a great guy Jonathan Gold was. So it seems like, so far, the easiest and most fun quick fire challenge in history. Um, yeah, and that there was no quick fire. There was no quick fire. You just go eat food and it's all pretty good. So, okay, Angelinos, slightly longer Angelinos, flex all <laughs> over us now, please. So, yeah, before we do, it is really important to point out that like Jonathan Gold is like an absolute legend in Los Angeles. And that became immediate, like immediately apparent after we moved here and started like asking around for restaurant recommendations. Like he was such an untouchable icon here and everyone loved him too. It wasn't just that he had great taste. It's that he really like knew his stuff and loved supporting places that often got overlooked in like the critical consensus about food writing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, so he was, it seems like everybody agreed was like, an incredibly good guy as well as yeah. loving his writing. Everyone just talked about how much they liked him as a person, which is really impressive. Well, the thing is like, 
he was the sort of transition from like old food writing and reviews that are around like stars and like excellence and like trying to find the best of the best. And then this sort of like post ratatouille, like anybody can cook sort of like identity that like is what you read about a lot is just like the new place in a strip mall can be the coolest restaurant in town because it's just the food that's coming out of there. And he was like doing that in the eighties and nineties and like driving that conversation and legitimizing the sort of like mom and pop, non-fussy the idea of food can come from great food can come from anywhere and it doesn't matter if it's coming from like a white tablecloth place or it's coming from a food truck Uh, and i think like that's i think it's it's also worth noting like the immense kindness that it seemed like he he chose to put out there like he was called a food critic but i think they even pointed out like it wasn't exactly criticism it was more like appreciation whereas i think on the east coast we're still doing the pete wells style like leave a smoking hole in the ground style Mm -hmm. food criticism (laughs) it's like there's yeah there's definitely you know places places get stars or they get you know completely eviscerated oh my god guys that's a really good way bright spot but that's such a good way to get like a like your barbecue pit going, right? Is just to get one of those bad reviews, and then now your barbecue place because you need those smoking holes. You have a luau. I forgot that Pete Wells is into starting luau's, especially where Guy Fieri's restaurants used. So, okay, so, I, so he's really exactly, good-hearted. Exactly. So I love um, the style that Jonathan Gold had of just writing about places he loved and finding undiscovered gems, and. I confess, when it comes to Guy Fieri's restaurant, at least I do sort of enjoy a smoking hole in the ground. Uh, yeah, well, Guy Fieri loves a luau. So he does. You know. Also, the other thing about Jonathan Gold that's really important is he's famous for this hat. Um, every picture of him a had a little the hat pork pie and, hat. And, yeah, he has a pork pie. He has a pork mm-hmm. pie hat, and the reason he does that is because there is a rat that lives up there that's driving his body. Wow, <laughs> so, a riding rat. Anyone, I, anyone I, can enjoy food. I don't. I, I don't hate that. I don't know. Uh, also, I, but it's also by far the most food type hat you can get is pork pie, That's right? There's other stovepipe is adjacent. Yeah, it's I like for, it's more. That's that's for the kitchen. You would use that to cook your, your pork, your pork, pork pie, pie hat. Yeah. <laughs> so um, wait, Angelinos, we're still waiting. Waiting on yeah. The so we, can I have, get your obliques ready? Can well, my obliques are tight. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. I'll hold just, them. Um, on that on that uh, the topic of Jonathan and his writing, really quick. Um, uh, sister-in-law, or no, sister, sister, regular sister of the show, sister of the show, my sister, Julia, um, suggested watching, to, to me when I first got here, that I watched the documentary City of Gold, mm-hmm. which is a documentary from just a few years ago, like, like uh, just a year or two before Jonathan died, where they just followed him around and just watched him eat food and be upbeat and positive and a cool dude. And it's apparently very, very cool. Um so this is from her. She says, I just think Jonathan Gold is really essential to understanding Los Angeles. I was going to say understanding food in Los Angeles, but in a way they're inextricably linked. And he also just loved L.A. Uh, and it's a joy to watch people who genuinely love a place tell you about it. And also I like when people love L.A. So yeah. um, City of Gold, the documentary with Jonathan Gold is a, a recommendation as well. A lot of ugly, delicious love today. It's a good show. It's a good show. Uh, uh, Angelinos. Yes. Yeah, so my obliques are blown out. Um, we so we have actually been to uh, four of these restaurants. Four of the eleven that restaurants they, that they visited. Oh, um, so this was a lot of like, oh hi, type of things, and like we've heard of. I think we all know, of them. like we have direct connections to like six out of the yeah. eleven. 
But wow. we can, so we can speak with some authority on a bunch of the stuff that they ate today, which is not an experience I generally have on Top Chef. <laughs> no, it's um, amazing. And I can say they're all, of course, amazing. They really showcased some of the places that, like, people who live in Los Angeles actually swear by and will take people to yeah. when they come from out of town. Like, what? I mean, not like anyone needs me to be like, well, Jonathan Gold knew his stuff, but like he truly did. And it's it's I so cool that. to see those places. I, I've known you longer than I've known Jonathan Gold. So give me an example. <laughs> Pick a place and tell me about it. Uh, which one should we? So I think Rosa Blue was the place that they went where Nini got inspired by the dumplings. Then, and Kyle uh, can talk about these because they're meaty. So Minestra I del Sacco. Yeah. Uh, so, like, this is a weird one because it's not, like, a very old restaurant in L.A. It was, like, one of the last places he added. But, like, it was a new restaurant when he added it in 2017. But it's, like, this uh, – it, it's a Bolognese-style Italian restaurant. So, it's, like, it's not as much around, like, sauces and the pastas. But it's, like, different sort of preparations. And the the bag of dumplings is one of the coolest things because they basically have a bunch of, like, cheese dumplings in a bag. And then they simmer it in the broth so that, like, the cheese flavor gets into the broth. It becomes a super, like, unctuous, savory flavor. But then, like, you have these, like, cheese dumplings, too. So it's just these cubes and, a, like, a dark broth. And it's the it, most savory, tasty thing. Like an actual, like, a bag. It's a, it's a yeah, cloth bag. Yeah, it's an bag. actual bag, yeah. Oh, okay. But it's, like, they reuse the bag, too. So it's sort of, like, it sort of imparts flavor and uh, accumulates flavor. It's, like, a weird. Oh, cool. It's like I, I don't like know a cast if the iron. pitch I was expecting from you, Kyle, was reusable food bag uh, as why this is a great place to eat. <laughs> no, but, but I'm, Ezra, I'm here for it. You get additional flavor from the bag. Double mm. double food bag, triple food bag, even. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not what I was expecting either. But that does sound amazing. It's really good, and and I'm gonna I'll flip it to the veggie side of things and say Gorilla Tacos, um, which that same team also went to Gorilla Tacos because that's in the same part of the city. It's in by the Arts District. Mm-hmm. Um, but they gr- started as a food truck mm-hmm. that was doing like cool stuff like swordfish tacos, boar burritos with gooseberries, sea snail tacos, and then they mm-hmm. got like a brick and mortar that's in the arts district. Their sweet potato uh, taquitos are some of the like. I think they do sweet. It's the potato taquitos. Potato, and potato taquitos, taquitos and sweet potato tacos are some of the best like vegetarian tacos I've mm-hmm. I've had like ever. They're so, so delicious. As, as vegetarians looking at a lot of the stuff is normally we can not eat most of it. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. We also uh, assume that we can go to that Ethiopian place, which is usually yes. really reliable. Do you have experience mm-hmm. with that one in, as well? We haven't been to that one. There is okay. awesome Ethiopian food in Los yeah. Angeles and that's one that we've like heard it's it's always brought up as like the, the best one, like the one to go to. Oh, cool. Um, cool. Because okay. the woman I who runs it to too is that such an angel clearly they had such a beautiful talk with her as well oh, yeah, that, was so nice. that was so i was so glad they hugged her i know i was like hug her and then he did it was so great yeah, good job good job eric on the hug yeah we should, we, we yeah, should track it in yeah we should track uh, hugs for this uh for this season because i think they're, hug, they're very nice no, yeah, yeah. it's good. nice to see hugs still yeah <laughs> if, if, if you can't get Do one remember watch one <laughs> Back when remember we hugging hugged. people you'd met recently? I thought wow. the only way to greet somebody was to awkwardly elbow their elbow and then giggle. I cross the other side of the street anytime I see someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how you say hello, right? As you cross the street in disgust. <laughs> no, fear. In fear and, yeah. yeah. I, 
like quavering. The, like a week or two before, like right when, it, right before everything shut down, I went. I was watching a, a soccer game in a soccer bar, and there was a goal, and everybody jumped up, and instead of high fiving everybody, everyone like jumped up and then like looked at each other, like what are we allowed to do? And then would like awkwardly touch some elbows and sat back down, and it was the most surreal, bizarre thing that I had seen at the time. Now it's you know, the world's <laughs> now it's not, yeah, it's not in top twenty. A tougher list. Um, all right, so they so the chefs go. Uh, I would love to hear more of Sarah and Kyle's restaurant adventures, but I we should probably start talking about their cooking. Um, yes, but uh, we will have we'll have some links to all the shows that we've mentioned, and you can learn more about uh, Jonathan Gold's restaurant guides. Um, so let's talk about the challenge now. So once they've gone around, they've eaten all the food, and they've given us a good f- taste of LA. Which I, I guess I actually do want to add really quick is that my favorite thing about the show is when in a, in a new scene is when we learn about the city. Mm-hmm. And this was the most like I felt like we were living in and learning about the city from a, an episode of the show. It was really really cool. Um, this I, was a good way to cover like a lot of ground, and I think yeah. that's something that like every season has its own unique challenges with that. Where it's sort of like, do you come away feeling as though you've really like seen the place that it's set? Yeah. And I thought that this was a great. This was I would recommend them just. Continuing to do this, yeah. Really, I mean, it was. It helps you get your your feet under you in terms of understanding what the great places of a city are. Absolutely, and it's also it was such a great way to do it. And I, I wanted to say at least you do that every week uh, or every season at least. But um, I don't know if every city has this iconic of a guide and a person and a unifying theory. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they don't. I'm just <laughs> saying, in a perfect world. No, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I want them to do it all the time. This is what I feel like I've missed on some other seasons. It was it was good at showing like a summary of like how like expansive and diverse the LA food scene is where like people say like, Oh, it's so great. But like actually seeing all these different restaurants spread out all over the city sort of shows how it's, there's great food everywhere and it's not just one type of thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. So that once they've done all of that, once they've absorbed the city and its food and are uh, in a calorie coma, the chefs must make a dish inspired by their day and the food that they tasted and Jonathan Gold's favorite dishes. And they're going to go cook 200 portions of them at Union Station. Oh, which is so sick, by the way. Angelinos, <laughs> you got to go there. It's so cool. It looks so cool. Does it... I mean, there's actually trains there, though. It is theory. a station, but there's also a bar and a restaurant, and the bar is, like, jaw-droppingly gorgeous. It's like some real Bioshock shit. Yeah. It looks huge. It Was it really big. that big? Yes. Yeah, that's the restaurant, but there's a bar that's the other side of the building. That's so this just was just in the restaurant portion. They weren't like, yeah. they didn't close down all rail traffic for an afternoon to No, cook. that's the restaurant hall. It's this massive, like, train station where the ceilings are that high in the entire place. Uh, and, like, it, it's just completely updated. I've been in, I've been in the station stuff. very uh, a couple times, but just to like transfer from one line to another line, and I was uh, more at a jog, and I was less looking at the beautiful ceiling, so I definitely we should go check that it, out. It makes it makes sense that the ceilings would want to be that high for the whole place, because that'd be like really weird if it was like, we used up all of our ceiling quota just in the restaurant. Yeah. And everything else is like, <laughs> sort of like the, the being John Malkovich, like, you know, like half floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super bad. Sorry, man, we used Wait, all of our tall beams. We acoustic tile for the bar, so <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, so the uh, yeah, they're cooking, a, they're cooking a train station all day. Um, where shall we start with the elimination challenge dishes? Um, yeah. Well, I guess one thing I want to start with at the, as, as, a, as a top person, I wanted to start talking about Nini right away because Nini was one of the people who decided to make a dish that incorporated all three of the restaurants she'd gone to. Yeah. 
which like sort of the <laughs> high high ceiling but uh, low floor as far as fusion food, right? You're yeah, taking, I mean uh, it was a matzo ball soup, but a, then with masa, like, like corn, yeah, corn but, masa. Uh, I do love a, the, a, a, pun, a pun forward dish. I am all here for it. Was so right. The, so so the fact that it was all the it was a melange of her dishes was a little bit too much. Uh, it was risky. The fact that it was like the name was so good, she was working backwards from it. That sometimes can be a huge risk, and she totally nailed masa ball soup. She just did an amazing job with it, and I was so happy about it. And well, it think- helped Tom with his cold, which made me so happy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it was like yeah, penicillin a- in a jar, which is the normal way to get penicillin. <laughs> um, can I can I pitch you uh, a pun for a dish that I thought of the other mm-hmm. day? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a flanton. So you get like a Mexican flan, and then you have like a uh, you have like a, a, like a fried wonton, wonton wrapper. Yeah, exactly. So you fry like little like like uh, like like you like put like a wonton into like sort of like a, a mini muffin uh, kind of like a cup, mm-hmm. and like and bake them, and then you like you just like layer like your flan there. And I think it'd be like an egg tart type thing, but it'd be a flanton. That sounds like it might be as sweet as Angelo's. Almost <laughs> <laughs> the sweetest Angelo's savory Mine's, dish. It might supposed to be a dessert. Thank you. Don't don't lump me in with. The fontan. It is another <laughs> core rule of Top Chef. This is the next Instagram sensation. Yeah. yeah. Someone, anyone who wants it can take on the flonton and 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 I'll license it to them at a moder- mo- modest modest fee. Just just like one bite of every piece you give out. <laughs> yeah. Send send me send me one bite. Send me the third bite of every flonton. Well, that, that envelope is going to be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I love yeah I loved the name of it. I loved that it, it sounded like she was she was almost shooting the moon. There was so many bad ideas that they all worked together. Maybe. Um, well, I think the big thing is she called it masa ball soup and said it's like matzo ball soup, but she wasn't trying to make it. It was like a masa dumpling with a coconut broth and chicken. So it seemed like she was kind of sticking to a sort of Vietnamese Asian flavor yeah. palette, but just like yeah. giving it a fun name. Like yeah, I think the smart had, thing a dumpling ball and had chicken in it, so she yeah. settled on the pun. But so really, it was a good it was like name, a and then yeah, she actually thing. like had a good idea yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, that was the one that I was most uh, thrilled about. What do you guys? What else did you guys dishes that you wanted to call out? Let's do. Yeah, uh, I want to dish shout out for this episode. Uh, I'm going to dish shout out in a negative way. Uh, after all the nice things I said about Lisa last week, I was very frustrated with her duck and chili uh, chili salad. One because like she yanked some duck from Eric when, and I, I don't think she she made it. She the didn't old make a duck yank. Yeah, the old duck yank. <laughs> but don't Google that. But also, she said that like all the food she had was like very chili forward, and she wanted to make this dish that accentuates chili but the places she went to are like Chengdu taste which is all about it's not as much about chili it's more about like Szechuan pepper uh and like there's a and that's a very different flavor than the sort of chili salad that it looked like she was making and then Marisco Salisco which is rad Marisco Salisco is great Mm -hmm. and like their stuff is like it's not as much about I I wouldn't call it like chili for it it's more about like textural issues or textual like pairings between like really crispy uh tortillas and like fried shrimp tacos with this like really great watery salsa that sort of like seeps into it but i, I wouldn't lisa, kyle you forget lisa had a food truck before so she has nothing but respect for food trucks <laughs> that's that's really what oh my god know. that was so awkward that over and over again but we really don't specifically know specifically to the, the food truck like. owner 
Yeah. And, and, I, she was saying a nice thing. It was just, it was edited in a really odd way. I respect food trucks so much, I named my real restaurant after one. <laughs> <laughs> well, also just like volunteering that you used to do the thing that you're getting, like, eat the food first, just be a person, just enjoy it. You don't have to like tell them how cool, like don't you have to prove to them that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, mm, like but, they're already there with a camera crew. They understand. Yeah, exactly. That, like, you probably exactly. Have some skin in the game, professionally speaking. <laughs> oh, they're they're unfazed. They've been on so many like food shows too. Yeah. I think they're just like cool. <laughs> but I say the thing with her dish is like maybe it tasted really well, but I think knowing the restaurants she went to, the stuff that she like the actual dishes she was having, I didn't see like a lot of those restaurants in like a chili salad. With a duck that seemed tacked on. Well, yeah, especially when I think even she said like, "Well, this isn't really about the duck," and I was like, yeah. well, "Don't use duck." Yeah, then why did you what go to Whole Foods and you? say, "Please give me every duck you've ever heard of"? Right, right. She I was like, "Well, if it's not about the duck, then could it be a chicken?" I'm just asking, <laughs> asking for a friend. I don't know. Here's a question about the duck. So she, I remember her ordering all the duck breasts, but yes. then we clearly saw her butchering a whole, whole duck. duck. Yeah. yeah. And someone it. else had duck, too. Yeah, Jamie had duck. I bet what happened was Jamie got duck breasts, and then they're like, we don't have any more breasts, but we have whole duck, and she's like, fine, give me all those. I don't have a budget. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what it looked like, at least. Man, it would be awful to go shopping at Whole Foods, like, right after they leave, where you're... It'd be like shopping at Whole Foods now? Where they're like, I'm going to buy this whole fish sauce section, and they just, like, push the whole cart into their cart, just the whole section of a shelf. So you mean, like, very similar to our lives now? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I guess I just mean more specific. It's not like the whole shelf is gone. It's just, like, everything is fine, but there's no duck, and there's no fish sauce. They just pick one thing, empty it out entirely. But yeah, it's like that. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, my other favorite thing about that dish was that Tom did the thing where he asks, uh, do you think you succeeded in that? <laughs> Which never means that he thinks you succeeded in that. Uh, oh, no. She uh, she was cutting the fat of the duck with the spice. And I, I, mean, I think I was trying to use the spice to cut the fat. And he was like, do you think you did that? She's like, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. You did not. Tom doesn't ask if he thinks you did it. Um... Uh, speaking of savage can, judging, else? Ruth Reichel was what? holding nothing back. Oh, my oh God. yeah, she's so Ruth was on fire. Ruth less, am I right? Ruth gets an award for being like so gentle and so mean at the same time. I know like, it's amazing to watch. She and left like, barbecue what? pits all over that <laughs> shelf. Angela's thing sure. about like, oh, this is the kind of dish that people who hate restaurants hate about restaurants. I was okay. I was wondering about that though, which is who hates restaurants. Well, I, think, I think what she means is like fine dining restaurants. Yeah, yeah, food, that's or, you know. Yeah, like I guess so. Cooking. Yeah, but but yeah. no one hates restaurants as a whole. Like restaurants are great. Well, it's what you define restaurants as. Like a place that makes food is different than like restaurant culture. And I think yeah, it's okay. the sort of thing okay. of like the the types of restaurants that the people on Top Chef want to be making and want to be championing are it can be seen as like stuffy to you know yeah, your okay. flyover states your. Uh, R E E L Americans. Yeah. But we're in agreement I'm sorry, that everybody I said Angela, enjoy, I meant- everybody enjoys eating food and having someone else do the dishes. That's like yes. a universal thing. Yeah, sure. And I, I, I said Angela, I meant Brian. That was his his like tartar that had like a ton of components and he was like he called it a show every time he played it. Oh, it uh, looked that was uh, an yeah. interesting choice. Um, 
I wasn't. Padma's eyebrows shot up straight past her ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) More so than when she tasted a bland Indian nacho from Seymour. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that was. He was was just selling it so hard. Yeah. And he yeah. kept telling he did the same thing. Oh, I just hate every time. I was like, this is what I do. I do this every day. It's easy for me. I don't even have to worry about it. 200 plates? Who cares? I do 200 plates in my sleep. I'll, I'll say this. It wasn't the best week for Team Malarkey over here. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of appreciation for many aspects of <laughs> Malarkey. He had that great joke about the train station. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did like a lot the, of reaction face the when dad anything jokes. happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad, dad jokes, jokes. Are good. Yeah, I feel like he gets the, the episode two award for muchness. Yes. Just overdid everything. <laughs> every right. reaction, every joke, every whatever. Um, the team anybody but Malarkey is also had a good episode, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there are lots of people did well other than Malarkey. Yeah, yeah, everyone else uh, did. And he was annoying also. Even if he was fun, he also did not do great on the food part. Um, yeah, so we were talking about Ruth throwing fireballs. Um that fish died in vain. Oof. Oh, oh God. Yeah, that hurts. was brutal. That was oh, so brutal. Ruth. And uh, I like Angelo, so that hurt me kind of a lot. Yeah. But um, speaking of people we right. like, uh, Kevin had a great day. Yeah. Great yeah, job, Kevin. That was great. Just yeah, like Kevin, Kevin had a good day if his goal was to cook good food and make me cry. Yeah. Yeah. Make you feel inspired yeah. to live. Find your own salt. Yeah. <laughs> He nailed that, oh, man! Beautiful job. Um, his, I've uh, also, I've never heard of someone taking a terrine, which is like, I've always thought of terrines as like very gross things because it's like often like processed meats that's like a chilled loaf, but then yeah. frying it like a hush puppy. Yeah, I've never heard of somebody doing that with a terrine and made me want to want to have a terrine really bad. It, it still yeah. sounds gross to me, but. Uh, Granny's apple butter, I'm all about. And I probably my favorite of all the great things, my favorite part was when he said he had his granny's apple butter and they told him repeatedly to bottle it and he was like, Well, make sure to give Granny a cut. Yeah, it's my granny. <laughs> oh, oh. See, a cut is what you ask for, not a bite. You don't want a bite of every <laughs> bottle. So don't you tell me how cut. to do my business. <laughs> also <laughs> Also I'm sure uh, investing strategy. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think a bite forward strategy often works in the in the, even the men and bear markets. It's a, uh, so yeah, this is you got to diversify right now. It's you actually, know, it's the most bear market thing to do is take a bite of this food. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to tag. Uh, that's good. I want to tag on. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Kevin's granny's name was Smith. Oh, oh. Yeah. wow! Yeah, she invented them apples. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> feels so good. <laughs> um. And then also on the top was Big Volt, who we didn't hear anything about at all. So uh, some people said uh, in some audience reaction shots or some other diner things that they were like, oh, man, that's the best one. You got to try that one. Yeah, and exactly. Like, we saw that it was very good. And then we but we did not see a lot about his process. We did not hear a lot of judging about it. So when it came to the top three, something about a cruise ship. Yeah, he yeah. said he yeah. was on cruise ships a lot. <laughs> or that yeah. he maybe like was cooking on a cruise ship. With other Filipino cooks? Yeah, no, yeah, I think the, the Filipino. I thought it was Filipino crew. crew yeah, just yeah, the crew made family crew. meals that he family loved, meal. and he fell in love mm. with Filipino food that way. Um, wow, was I the oh, only yeah. person who thought he sort of like sparked? Uh, like he 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 was happiest when talking to the BMW X7. 
<laughs> Finally, talking to his own robot kind. Yeah. yeah. He had real oh, connection there, yeah. Later in the season, they're going to get a Roomba for the Top Chef house, and he's going to go in. Hey, Brian, have you, guys, have you seen the Roomba? It's, it's not left your room in a while. <laughs> We're just having get some conversations, yeah. Just, yeah. Roomba gets me. Uh, that's funny. Um, unfortunately, um, on the bottom, we talked about how this is going to be a real hard season for, for when people don't do well. Eric, yeah. on the bottom, really oh. hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, I put uh, more blame on Lisa, but it seemed like very much like he cooked cabbage bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, want, I want so badly to be like, man, if he had duck, this would all work. And he even kind of mentions like, well, I was so, sort of wanted to do duck. And they were like, yeah, but the cabbage, you cooked it wrong. Like, Yeah, yeah the problem was not scallop instead of duck. Unless yeah. the duck had been overseeing your cooking and making sure you do it enough. The yeah, unless that helped. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, that would be an awesome restaurant. Yeah, duck expediter? Absolutely. <laughs> Expeduck. Um, so anyway, uh, that was that was sad. Um, and they, uh, oh, that was the one that was that the one that Ruth said. Um, these two components didn't even talk. Yes, yes. They, they didn't say hello to each. They other. They didn't even say hello to each other. Yeah, Oof. they needed that bridge. And then we have um, uh, Stephanie Seymour. Yeah. Like we used to have. I forgot to add salt. And this year's I forgot Padma was Indian. Yeah, that was wild. As soon as she said, I'm going to be cooking Indian food, it's not something I do often. And I was like, you're going to cook Indian food for Padma? Like, what, Why are you doing this? Why, I, don't, why, why? I don't think that's necessarily a problem. In fact, it bothered me that they highlighted that or that she highli- yeah. highlighted that because it's okay. Like a non-Indian person oh. can cook Indian food for Padma, but... And like I don't think they necessarily have to like think of it in an extra special way because it's for Padma, but you just you still have to do it right, whether yeah. you're still cooking for Padma, right. Padma or anyone. What yeah. it means and is, I feel like if you do it well, you get more points. If you do it badly, you lose more points. Just because she loves Indian food so much. What I'd love one season is like Padma to have like a mentorship challenge where she's like, "I'm going to teach you guys about what I love about Indian food, and you Ooh. need to recreate this." Because like it's it's, yeah. it's interesting to me how Padma's become like. A real like icon of Indian cuisine, even though she didn't come to it through being a chef. Like she is seen as a she is this authority on Indian food, but yeah, she's she's really. yeah, yeah. It, but she's come to it from a different like a non traditional direction. And I'd love yeah. to see like her perspective and her guiding people as that sort of mentor figure, since she is such an authority. Um, Chris, I cut yeah. you off a second ago. What were you going to add there? Nope. Okay. Um, also on the bottom, uh, Angelo, uh, as we mentioned, the fish died in vain. Um, he, so he was inspired by the dish of an entire fish covered in an entire turmeric plant and then thrown in the, in, in the fryer. And so what he made was a turmeric broth um, with just a really boring piece of tuna in the middle. Um, well, a really sweet turmeric and then, broth. And, yeah, and then just all of it, he decided to make the whole thing as a dessert. So, yep. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful, also, sweet. he said turmeric a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he did say that. Is that Megan? You were bothered by that. Oh, I wasn't bothered. I was just curious because I don't know. Like I don't Not know like if you were there's... mad at him, but you were like, "If I've been doing it wrong my whole life," kind of bothered. I, I felt or the same. There's like oysters, regional differences and yeah. how you pronounce that spice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was interested that he said it like that. But yeah, and yeah. everyone avoids the R. You know which R I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like once I figured out there was an R there, I've always like gone out of my way to say it, but now I'm feeling very like 
self-conscious well, about no, that No, no, it's good looking out. It's like, you no know, R left behind, the Tanya story. The Turnya story. That's, that's what how, I'd like how, to be known for. Turn. Wait, how do you... <laughs> yeah, uh, tar, Tarnyar. Uh, how, do you pr- how do you pronounce the second oh God, month of the year? so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, good no, question. I, yeah, second month of the year. Turmeric. Yeah, how do you no. say the, the month after January? Also Turmeric? January. Yeah, I just growl more it's than... January, Turmeric, uh, March. <laughs> March. <laughs> Merch. <laughs> I think that's Thank very you. kind of you, and the R appreciates it. But uh, an- anyway, so I, I was okay. So uh, was everybody expecting Angelo to be eliminated? Yeah. I thought maybe they were being meaner to Eric than they were to Angelo about the food. Um, I expected in. Stephanie to go home. Yeah. Yeah, I was more worried about just because Is that who they I meant? felt like okay. every element of her dish yep. was kind of meh. Yeah. Like from yeah. the mm-hmm. from the flatbread up. Was you take just something like, bland, you put it on something bland. It's gonna be bland. Yeah, yeah, and like, and when Gail was like, "I forgot there was even lamb in there," I was like, "Oh, that's that's <laughs> extremely rough." <laughs> yeah, that was too bad. Um, I think Angela's just must have tasted really bad. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, this is something I wonder about a lot. Where it seems like maybe Tom was madder about this, and so that just overrules a lot of other things. Well, I think uh, like Tom's if you go furious. in. If you go into a dish expecting a savory thing and honestly think it could be a dessert, like that's got to yeah. be like very extreme, like cognitive dissonance on top of like not giving you what you want. Yeah, that does yeah. sound unpleasant. Um, and you wouldn't bad. want a piece of raw tuna in your dessert, you know, like no matter what. <laughs> no, 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 I would not. That's terrible. Ugh. Which is yeah. worse, guys? Accidentally savory dessert or accidentally sweet, like, like... Uh, like Maine, like which, which sweet Maine, sweet Maine all the way. Uh, yeah, sweet Maine's sweet worse. Maine. Yeah, that's never good. go sweet on. Also, Maine. we had the the tease of this being a bad idea when didn't he have Jen taste it? And yeah, that's not oh working. yeah, she made a horrible face. Yeah. Do that was spicy, awesome. sour, anything. Do something, Angelo. She, she, yeah, yeah. yeah. She should, shouldn't she have said that? Well, she, had it more sour. She, she, she did said it needed to be more spicy. She told us it needed to be sour, and then she told him it needed to be spicier. Yeah, acid is what she said. Yeah, but it seemed like they had a longer conversation and we only saw the part of it where she was sort of like agreeing like, yeah, heat would help. Anything would help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I felt like her face, even on its own, would be enough that she wasn't holding back. She wasn't lying to him about how this was great. She she made it pretty clear this was a problem and maybe it was too late to save it. Jennifer Carroll does not hold back nope. and mm. on her faces, on I her like cursing, it. on any of it. I She's, like uh, it. Yeah. Um, oh, and- just one other chef I wanted to talk about real yeah. briefly, sorry, uh, is Melissa King. Uh, yeah. She gave Tom a huge bite of chili. Uh, oh, yeah. She almost killed Tom. That was fun. But, she gave uh, the dish was so good that everybody else enjoyed it, and uh, you know she's totally safe. And I realized as soon as she seemed like she might be in danger from the edit, She's the one I'd I'd hate to lose the most. Yeah. I I I I have so much affection for her and her way of approaching food that mm-hmm. I'm just uh I'm I'm very uh, I'd be so sad. Of yeah, and uh, also big shout out to anchovy aioli and five spice potato chip. So another good uh, aioli on the show. No. Thanks, Melissa. Bad aioli like all the other aiolis. <laughs> I don't see it. Um, the, uh, I, of the bottoms, I think, I'm assuming I'm not alone here, that I that Eric going home would have been the hardest of these three. No, that would have just destroyed me. That would yes, have been awful. Yes, agreed. Yeah. yeah. I love it wouldn't have been a good... And I, 
and I like Angelo, and so both those would have been a bummer. But Eric leaving would have been I would have been gutted. He just he just needs more of a shot. Right. <laughs> What's that, Kyle? He just uh, Eric needs more of a shot because like he it's weird that he has the sort of Richard Blaze like he deserves it reputation after only one year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, I've I've seen so many people on All Stars episodes say everyone told me that I got robbed, and I feel like probably everyone says that to you anyway because you're only talking to people who like you, and so everybody who's been eliminated has probably been told they got robbed, and so I, I bet that just builds up in people that as soon as you leave the show, everyone tells you you got robbed, and especially with someone like Eric, where it was so devastating, you get so many messages. That I, I wonder if just all that influence eventually kind of gets into your psyche, where you're like, "Yeah, I was robbed." I, I but also, as he points out, it's so important to him to share this food culture that True. most yeah. Americans are not familiar with at all. Absolutely, and I think that's part of why I I really root for him too. Is like he really is like the only top chef I can remember like pushing African cuisine forward in this way. And it's so fascinating. Like whenever he makes a dish, I learn about at least one new ingredient or like preparation technique. And that's really cool. So above and beyond the fact that I love him and I love looking at his wonderful face. um, Mm. I also (laughs) just like love the education that it's giving me in, in a cuisine. I honestly knew nothing about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's very telling that, like, as a country, we are familiar with like one one country's cuisine from the entirety of Africa. We're all like, <laughs> yes. yeah, Ethiopian food. Wait, is there more? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it kitfo oil? Was that your ingredient you learned about? Yeah. Today? What? I want yeah. to taste it. I was a little entertained by Tom kind of owning him when he was yeah. like, I think I'm like one of the few people that can really do this. And he was like, I think some women might have some issues. Yeah, with an yeah. entire but continent of women might yeah. disagree with you. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it was I fun. also feel like he was sort of purposefully misunderstanding him. But yeah, uh, Tom was. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom was, uh, I, I, uh, I sort of nudged you into saying that because you said that to me earlier off the air. But I, I thought it was funny when Tom said that. But yeah, Tom knew what he meant. Tom knew yes. he didn't mean I'm the only person in the world who can cook this food. He meant like, I'm the only person on the show who's doing this. I'm the only person in most of the restaurant circles I'm at who knows this stuff. Um, so it was a fun own and also like, yeah, Tom. All right. All right. Um, all right. Let's jump in now. It is time to take a look in Megan's mailbag. It's time for Megan's Mailbag, starring Megan. If you have questions or comments for Megan, please send them in on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email, mailbag at packyourmics.com. You can also use our contact form on packyourmics.com. Megan, what's in your bag? Uh, Well, Bridget writes in. uh, She says, I'm excited the masa ball soup worked so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, we talked about this a little bit, but she asks, uh, was Jen Carroll sabotaging Angelo by not telling him the broth needed sourness? Is this the beginning of a villain edit? No, nope, disagree. No, I don't think so. I, I think I think her agreed. face told you needs some sourness. <laughs> like needs work in yeah, general. Needs work, <laughs> yeah. Been, like, the beginning of a journey to Room make it better. Room for improvement. Yeah. Well, I yeah, think, I think it's still, still to be determined. Yeah. yeah. I just think Angelo isn't well versed enough in Jen Carroll to know that like she's going to say a lot more with her face than with her words. Mm-hmm. I I think any chef it's such a difficult 
challenge on the show to be given something disgusting by a competitor and tell them how to fix it. But like I, the fact that Jen Carroll like pointed at the food and repeatedly gagged and then dry <laughs> heaved and was like, just so you're clear, I'm talking about the food you just gave me. It's this broth. <laughs> I thought that was helpful. I, okay, here's the thing. Kevin would have found a way to make it actually better. I think That's probably true. yeah, but he'd take it on himself to do that. And Jen Carroll's Philly. She's like, "You're gonna sink or swim on your own, homie." <laughs> but you should know it's bad because you wanted my opinion, and I am grossed yeah. out. I'm tempted to to jump off. I'm gonna go climb in front of a train right now. Is how bad this food is. Well, so like it would have been climb? nice if she gave a really clear, specific direction. But here's the thing: it was an individual challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is also an excellent, highly skilled professional chef. He he yeah. should be able to address that issue himself. She gave a, a I think a totally fair, valid, non mean, non snarky like second opinion, and then he ha- yeah. he should know how to fix that himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And clearly he had doubts. Gardener's first day with chef's knives. Like you yeah. don't need to do this work for them. This is like <laughs> everyone's an adult here. Yeah, she yeah. gave an opinion and she's moving on back to her thing. She's busy. As yeah, she also it. has two hundred plates to plate. <laughs> yeah, no of chickpea and navy bean stew, which uh, which went over very well. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. Very yeah. surprised by that. I, I saw that dish and I was like, what did you do, Jen? <laughs> It looks yeah. I, well. This is. I mean, it, it must be so different to watch this show as not a vegetarian, because like every once in a while, somebody makes a vegetarian dish, and I'm like, oh, that looks so good and mm-hmm. edible. <laughs> like the rest of the time, I could be watching like motorcycles being repaired for how like, <laughs> you're doing a skillful job of this thing. I can't eat. Um, just how I think yeah. of motorcycles. <laughs> I, and not uh, good job. I can't eat it. <laughs> not my. Not a judging of like vegetarian food. It's just like all of that in a bowl. Like it didn't have any like aesthetic direction yeah, it totally. just seemed I, yeah I totally jump agree, but it seemed I like the, a burrito bowl i could make if put behind the line at chipotle yeah <laughs> i uh, feel like right now just also in terms of like the the sheer number of chefs we're dealing with it's kind of like a like my wallet when i'm not good at editing it down like i have like the two cards i actually use and then a lot of stuff yeah and then like some trash that i'm like sure i need to get rid of so many like receipts the chefs yeah. on the bottom but like, would you yeah. say that that's a bunch of malarkey oh no, i would not oh, okay I would sorry not. sorry <laughs> but there are there are just sorry like, sarah I there are that. so many there are just so many chefs that like don't get addressed at all yeah totally. like, even though time, like yeah. there were things in all the descriptions that i was like "Ooh, i want to know more about that Ooh, tell me how that came together like it just you can't get through everybody yeah like jamie you know we didn't see much of him we didn't see much about the reaction to karen's dish we didn't see yeah anything about yeah. brian really mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, Bridget goes on uh, with a couple more things. The challenge also s- almost seemed a bit too easy for these guys. They eat good food all day, and they're all veterans who understand what catering for a large crowd means. I was waiting for more panic and long lines like normal. That is true. We did not see a lot of the normal, like, well, this food's taking a long time to get out. Well, they didn't they have a budget to stick to. They didn't I get, thought, like, you only oh, have X true. amount of money. Yeah, oh, that's I how thought... you can buy every duck in Whole Foods. That's true. I did write seven hundred dollars down, but I don't remember where I got that. Oh, no, maybe I just didn't hear it, but still, seven hundred seems like well, a lot. Sometimes they, yeah, sometimes they don't mention the budget on the air, but it does exist. I think I got that from a recap I was reading somewhere, so I'm not sure what where they got it from. But um, yeah, seven hundred dollars I assume buys you like eight or nine ducks. So now here's a question for the the group, like. You know, this I, I totally agree that this is remarkably drama free, struggle free, at least from the yeah, edit. Yeah. Um 
Do we think that makes it for a better episode of Top Chef or a less entertaining one? I prefer it for things like this. Showing the struggle. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You you finish. (laughs) Okay. I mean, there's this idea that making something look hard, watching people fail, makes the successes stand out more in contrast. But if everybody's succeeding, does it read a little bit more flat? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think that... Oh, yes. (laughs) Um... I, I was going to say, I prefer that this drama-free mode for an episode like this that's really about highlighting a city and its cuisine and, and like, honoring this mm. one particular person, person who yeah. celebrated it. Yeah. I would, and maybe they deliberately edited the episode to skew that way since it was, like, a tribute episode. Um, but I, I actually really liked it because it seemed really, like, cool just to, like, focus on their skills and, like, focus on them celebrating food and I always like it when everyone does a, like a pretty good job and there's like problems, of course, but it's not like someone was like the deep fryer exploded and like right, we had to right. do restaurant wars. Like it's nothing, you know, that's like contrived drama. We're like on a that. boat and the electricity yeah. isn't real. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is one of those rare shows where I, I so prefer everybody just like doing their thing and like for the most part getting on with each other and like having a nice time. Like it's just so... Especially, especially because we have people that we all we like know from before, and we yeah. we like know and respect all of them and their work, and so it's exciting to get to see them do their thing. And I don't necessarily, and I, I totally agree that like there's nothing to me more upsetting than an episode of Top Chef where everyone does badly. Oh and, yeah, like, and Tom is disappointed in, the in them. Of a tribute where it's like you were doing. Not only are you doing this tribute to. Um, like this giant of the food scene, but then you're also doing tributes to all the restaurants you just ate in, and, and all you those chefs all are of here. these restaurant owners in the face, and we're like, I love your food. This is about your food. And then if you did all of that really, really badly, yeah, like it's just so cringy and embarrassing to have yeah. like all of these fails on top of each other. Like that's not something I would have liked watching. I, so, I totally agree. I've I've heard some people talk about this because like sports are gone so lots of people i follow online who like deal with sports are like well at least we have top chef now like top chef is a filler for sports and like you don't want to watch athletes play bad you want to see people perform on an elite level so it's that sort of thing of i'd rather watch top chef competitors cook well with no drama than do bad things with like tv like with dramatic things that can be put into like a TV episode. I, I want to see excellence. So like, I love I episodes agree. like this. I, I associate cool. myself with all those remarks. And the only thing I want to add is especially on an all-stars where we like most of the people and it's going to be difficult yeah. to watch them do badly. The only person I want to see cook badly is malarkey. So everybody else, oh, no. I just want to see. Them. Rude. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, also, I just, one His more thing I want to add incredible. from that. One more thing I want to add is um, uh, sports people. Go back where you came from. Like, <laughs> I feel like there is this, there's, a, there's been a huge explosion of the Top Chef Fantasy League and the sportsifying of it. And I feel like, like, look, the thing about Top Chef is we're all watching people who every time they have to run more than from here to Whole Foods gets winded and they all take a cigarette break. That's what we're about. This is about people who are very good at not sports. You and know I, what? Gregory is actually a really good runner. No, that's true. Gregory follows on Instagram and he goes on a lot of great runs. I would say most of our top chefs are keeping it relatively tight, if not rather tight. There's there's, there's definitely tightness, but there's also been a lot of moments on this show rather where you have to, like, tight. jog a little bit, and they're like, "Oh God, what am I doing?" And I like that. I just I just want you know I don't know. I feel like 
feel like the sports people are coming over and trying to make this sports. And I, I like sports, but I also like Top Chef as being kind of sports-free since 2003. <laughs> There's the time we had the ice block thing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but do yeah, you count the biathlon as... <laughs> yeah, wasn't the ice block the one where everyone couldn't do it, so Paul came and helped people out? The, yeah. The decathlon? Oh, yeah. yeah. Paul. And then, then, then someone got shot. Yeah, we all remember it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one where they killed... Beverly <laughs> killed them. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a gun. Yeah, that was another... I never stop laughing at that. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, thank you, Bridget. What yes. else you got, Megan? Uh, uh, we heard from Brian brother-in-law of the show there he thanks is. brian uh he uh drew our attention to uh, a web series i believe yeah web series. web series uh cooking with tom have you guys seen this did you guys no. watch this oh okay so this is the first year where um bravo tv.com is doing not one but two Tom Colicchio web series oh, spinoffs. Oh, I saw a thing about this. Yeah. We're going to talk about um, last uh, No Chance Kitchen here in a second, but Tom has another show called Cooking with Tom, which is, uh, or is it What Would Tom, he also, did, What Would Tom Do? Anyway, but it's him doing, him addressing the challenge from that episode and mm-hmm. what he oh. would do with it. And he's mm-hmm. not doing it, so like, the, they've only done the first one and it wasn't, it was the fire pit one. But he, he wasn't like, look, I'm not going to give myself the time limit. I'm not going to go to the beach. I'm just in the Top Chef kitchen. But let me tell you what I would do. And in the first one, he goes to um, – he's, he's uh, it's, it's seafood by the beach. So he, he makes fire-roasted oysters on the half shell. And he says, I make this at home all the time in my fireplace. Which would be so interesting to go to someone's house and they're like cooking in the kitchen and they walk a tray of things over to the fireplace in the living room and then come back. But that's what he does with oysters. And he's Was like, that a, a smoking pit built by a bad review, perhaps? <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a barbecue, but that's how they get it. Um, yeah, Tom just does a... Anyway, it's fun and it's... Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll go back to Brian. Okay. Uh, Brian writes, Cooking with Tom is my new favorite thing. You actually learn something about cooking, but it's still delightfully fast-paced and ridiculous. But for the love of Padma, introduce your assistant. Yeah. Uh, so they did the show and they never introduced um, the person he was talking to, uh, uh-huh. who is food and wine editor in chief and former judge Nilu Motamid, if anyone is wondering. Yeah, she's oh, she was Nilu. so fun and we knew we recognized her and it was like, why don't they say, like they do a bunch of like on-screen graphics explaining a word Tom just said. Um, it's like compound butter he mentions he's like oh, i'm gonna make this with compound butter and then the bottom it's like compound butter equals butter with stuff in it it's like they're doing fun stuff and then i haven't like they never mentioned neilu's name and so i forgot That's her probably, name you probably i'm gonna blame blame the editor or blame the producer on that unless it's tom in which case you can blame tom also yeah I mean, we can blame whoever you want but it um, feels like a huge oversight yeah it was weird but- i'm gonna blame malarkey Malarkey's fault. Um, I really, uh, but yeah. uh, Anyway, so that's the other web series you can check out. I'm, I'm giving it a chance. I know that Brian loves ridiculous things, and it's also got some Tom dad jokes, and it's also Tom like really dadding it up. He's wearing his like dad sweater. Um, It's fun. Um, It was a little bit ridiculous for me, but we'll see how we'll see how the season goes. It's it is fun to watch Tom cook, which we haven't gotten to do as much. I do think Dad Tom is one of my favorite Toms. Yep. Like it's yep. just agreed. It's just so 100%. pleasant to me. Like Absolutely. like uh, s- son on the top of his feet, uh, Dad Tom. Like happy Dad Tom, or like <laughs> disappointed Dad Tom. 
or oh, reading like, glasses at the end of the nose, giving a that, harsh criticism. That, I like I all like of them. And like when he was in in Last Chance Kitchen, when he wore his like I'm not feeling great cardigan, I was like, oh, Dad Tom. Yeah, that is. was Dad. Oh, that's maybe that's what I was thinking of. It was in that one, not the other one. Yeah, oh, Dad yeah. Cardigan, Tom Cardigan. No bad Dad Toms. Yeah. Nope. No, because all of them are important for me to grow up to be a contributing member of society. <laughs> Uh, Jen writes, um, in case you haven't seen it before, Joe Pasta and one of his sous chefs played Overcooked together. It is cr- incredibly funny and surprising how good they are at it. Uh, so um, Jen included a link to the YouTube video Just that we can include in the show in the notes. Show notes. Uh, I watched I it and it was so it was fun to watch. It's about six it's minutes. Really, it's yeah. really hard. It's generally some of those levels. Sarah and I have played it together. And like I think we got like pretty good at some point. But like it's also like it's a good test of any relationship also i can see why a a chef would be good at it because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of strategy involved that as non-chefs we have to play the same level over and over again to figure out but maybe Mm -hmm. if you already know like you know what comes first or whatever so um just just remind me um for the listeners at home and for who haven't played this overcooked is a is a video game yeah yes where you cook food it's like The the idea is like you're chefs in a kitchen and like orders are coming up and there's like a limited menu of what you're making. It's like soups or pizzas or burgers, but they'll ha- say like I want a burger with no lettuce and tomato. Uh, but then like you have to chop up the tomato and lettuce. You got to grill the burger and you got to assemble everything. But everything's there's in no prep. Places. There's absolutely no prep in this kitchen. <laughs> and the kitchen sometimes goes on fire and you oh, have to okay. put out the fire. Sometimes it's yeah, on a pirate some ship. Obstacles. Sometimes it's on two moving vans racing down the highway. Yeah. Is this a Switch game? Yeah. Yes, it is a Switch game, and I this game has made me cry. Sarah's like, the moment <laughs> the moment you brought up uh, Overcooked, Sarah looked at me and, like, mouth, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a rough communication test. Interesting. I want to play, but we don't have a Switch. Listen, it's very, very cute. You can be um, oh. a little kitty chef. You can mm-hmm. be a chef with a mustache. You can be yeah, a raccoon o- chef who uses a I'm wheelchair. Octopus, I think usually I could be a raccoon yeah. chef. A wheelchair, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also on PlayStation if you have it. They clean their hands with their mouths. Is that the whole tweet? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, we're really coming out. No, in favor raccoons of trash wash their hands in the here? river before they eat stuff. Oh, okay, That's good very for them. Charming. It is. It's perfect for chefs or surgeons. You can be a. You can operate. Or us these days. Wait, wait, Alex. I'm just to say, yeah. If if you're not those two things, you should wash your hands. Yeah, everyone should wash their hands. That's true. Um, at Flyaway Run, I wrote in. I. They write. You were wondering why Katsuji didn't answer the call uh, for Top Chef All Stars. It's probably because he was getting ready to open his new restaurant, High Horse, in Raleigh. It opened oh, yeah. right at the end of 2019, but I haven't made it yet. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina? Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, we got to tell dad of the podcast, Glenn, to go there. Well, yeah, in we're back two to three months. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say for the record, I am sure he still would have answered the call. Katsuji really seems like he would be on Top Chef anytime they ask. That's my guess. I'm holding out hope no, that they'll bring him. B- seems more important. Yeah. You, you know what's going to happen, Alex? This is this is a bold prediction. No, he's going to be on. Yeah, he's going to be on Tom's uh, like you know uh, web series, the How to Cook, and he's going to win a challenge from there to get into Last Chance Kitchen. <laughs> 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 that is scary. I, I was almost on board. If it was going to be like, if they were going to have, he was going to have other contestants come on and cook with him. I would enjoy that very much. 
Um, but he'll, he'll he'll find a way in. He'll go through that. He'll go through watch what happens live. He'll, he'll go through like a Real Housewives thing. Katsuji is gonna get on that show. I don't know how oh, it's gonna man. happen. Ugh, I, I feel like that's the reality TV equivalent of like taking a paperclip and buying a house. It's like you start <laughs> you start as the bartender on Watch What Happens Live and end up winning Top Chef. Oh man, the Katsuji story. Oh, I love that. Uh, another sister of the show, Maddie, wrote in. Thanks, Maddie. It's a family affair. Uh, she writes, I have to defend aioli. Those of us no! who are allergic to dairy really need it to enjoy sandwiches. Oh. So, well, uh, some of us I, like yeah. dry so this sandwiches. Is actually, this is something that happens, I know, for Maddie. If you're allergic to dairy, uh, you ask if there's dairy on a sandwich, and they say, oh, shoot, there is aioli on the sandwich, because people get dairy and eggs confused. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, so, so it is not vegan, but it is dairy free. So for the allergy people, it's a big savior of making sandwiches delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad aioli helps Maddie. I mean, it, I, it has not changed tweet? my. That's the whole tweet. I'm I, I'm happy for Maddie, but aioli can like I don't know die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple more quick things from the mailbag. Uh, sure, Jane Jane writes in on Facebook. I might be on the other side of the table here, but I love the serpentine draft. Um, Speaking about last episode. Yeah. uh, There's definitely some strategy here. And these folks have been in the game deep enough to know, for example, Brian chooses Eric first over say Gregory due to their history with each other. Yeah. Melissa echoes this by saying she went for a more Zen team. Yeah. Uh, Most notable was despite having a somewhat poor performance in the quick fire, Leanne was uh, still one of the first picks. Um, you got. I think having Leanne on a team is so so smart because she was like a culinary producer on the show for several years. She just knows the show so well, and in addition to being a great chef, so she just seems like an all around incredible help teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we learned from if you watched the Tom Webb series, we learned that Sandy from season Miami maybe um, is the oh, new yeah. culinary Miami. producer. Um, huh. So huh. she's one of the culinary producers on the show. So they, they they keep hiring chefs, which I like a lot. Is that if you were on the show, you come back and help with the culinary side of the show. It's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, we've got some uh, predictions from Jane. Uh, really excited to see how the season plays out. I'm betting on a Gregory versus Volt versus Ooh. Jen if there's three finale. Yeah, I would be that. very surprised if a season sixer. Uh, did not make it to the top. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, this show's been on for so long that people from season six have, are, have a lot of time to mature as chefs. Mm-hmm. So there is a big advantage to that. Whereas sometimes it seems like people on early seasons, maybe like the cut was not as harsh, and so maybe they aren't as experienced malarkey. But the um, uh, <laughs> people who've been in longer and are more mature chefs definitely seem like they have a good chance. Also, Jane, I'm sorry that I sighed when you said that you liked the Serpentine Draft. I was just reminded of the sports conversation earlier, but I'm actually on your side about this. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, our final mailbag entry is from Ali May. Uh, Ali May writes, The Dingling Song Lives. Yes. Thank you, Pat yeah. and Lex, for bringing me yeah. so much joy and questions about Tinkerbell's ethics in Hook. Uh, <laughs> uh, they also have a prediction. Uh, top three, Big Volt, Gregory, Eric. Similar. Bold yeah. prediction. 
eliminated chefs will cover front of house during restaurant wars. <gasps> they Ooh. should. Thanks. <laughs> That's so like awesome. That. That's interesting. I, I like that prediction. I like what, that a lot. What's the punishment if you do badly in front of the house when you're already eliminated? You oh, you have to like I, apologize I, to Tom. Oh, I was gonna say they go straight to hell. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> oh. Sure, well, yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of vitriol for Italy <laughs> and people who don't front of house well. Well, no, no, it's not for front of housing well. It's like if you if you sandbag a competition that you aren't like going to be eliminated for. Oh, yeah, there's for a sure, circle yeah. of hell for those reality TV contestants. For sure, I think. I'm, it's like similar. But I think you just you go to watch what happens live, which is like I think it's like the it's the it's the basically it's, you either get promoted or rele- like relegated. Basically, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like it's like that's a, the relegation. A, is you have to talk to watch what happens live. I think you that's just stay there. I think you just no. are front of the house now. You don't get to cook ever again. Ooh, purgatory. <laughs> I also think the the edit on front of house is one of the more merciless ones because they're yes. You just are never not getting pilloried when you're not at the table, and then when you are at the table, you look like an idiot. Like it's just, <laughs> there's no winning. Where it's just like Pod was just like, I need a glass of water, and then you leave the table, and they're like, Why is she so stupid? Like it's just terrible the whole time. No yeah, there's, although oh. I do recall at least one front of house win as far as somebody who won I, restaurant. Somebody has oh, who was I'm, it? I'm, was it? Um, I'm sure the keeper of the memories will tell us, but. Uh, I just forget Fabio. Or- oh, could be. Oh. Sounds possible. There have been people who have been great at it and also cooked good dishes, and I think that's like enough that you should get to win from it. But I feel it was a later win because that was like why it matters. It was like in a postseason ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my memory too, Kyle. But um, yeah, I, I may need to rely on Keeper of Memories for this. Oh, guys, do you know TopChefStats.com? Yes, TopChefStats.com is so great. No. Um, I think we, I think we mentioned it when we first discovered it a few seasons ago. But um, it is very useful. It's got a lot of interesting stats, and I used it yesterday because, which we're going to talk about here in a second, in the episode of No Chance Kitchen, Tom specifically mentioned that three chefs have won after going through Last Chance Kitchen, and I could not remember all three of them. And it is, of course, uh, Kristen and Brooke and Joe Flam. Oh. Um, also, on the on the uh, on the front of house, actually, five people have have won for front of house. Whoa! Whoa. Really? According to this, yeah, five five executive That's chefs, five five front of houses, and five line cooks. So it actually doesn't really matter what role you take. You have no. a shot of what you Whoa! Wow. But what, how about going um, home? Do they have that? About the same, actually. Six uh, executive, six front of house, five line. So very very close. It's pretty, pretty even. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is fascinating. Awesome. It's not also, what I thought. Just also. Also, it says that of the 15 teams who served the judges first, 10 won restaurant wars. Mm-hmm. So a two-to-one mm. advantage to serving yeah. first. Mm. Well, and do we know, I guess, I guess it is in, in they, like, they, they cop to, like, the order. I was going to say it could be an edit thing, but it's not, because they're pretty specific about who they go to at what time. Yeah. Um, also, I, I feel like if we're going to, we, everyone should visit TopChefStats.com. It is put together by Lynn Fisher, and her Twitter handle is at Lynn and Tonic. So, you know, oh, cool. shout her out. Oh, she yeah. did a great job. The only thing I will suggest is I just sometimes I have to look at the head for a long time, and I wish it would tell me the names under the head. Yeah, um, but this is a really fun. It's such a fun website. It's got stuff like um, which chefs have been described as a force to be reckoned with. <gasps> I love which a ones have one sexiest chef in America and talk about it. Is the stat I want. 
Um, <laughs> total money given away in quick fires over the years is $430,000. Wow. Yeah. Also, I'm realizing a quality of a person that I've never considered before is like, how good does your head look completely disconnected from our body? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Like, it's not flattering for most of these people. Well, for some people, they look great. And for some people, it's like, whoa, what happened there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It kind of depends on your, on your hairdo of the day. It, that yeah. really affects whatever whatever picture they choose, What how your hair looks really affects it. Um, yeah. Just some quick so, stats from the Mise en Place Relay. Over 255 apples peeled, 210 shrimp deveined, 174 clams shucked. Six broken down rabbits and two quarts of sliced mushrooms, among other things. Hmm. Uh, this is a very wow. fun website. All right, um, that'll be great. linked in our show notes as well. We've got a lot of good links today. Lastly, really quick, we got to get going. Um, we have two more things we got to do really fast. Number one, No Chance Kitchen is back. Did you guys get a chance to watch Last Chance Kitchen? Yes. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. So, um, in uh, in a slight change, Tom had to talk to his BMW first slash Brian's friend, and they mm-hmm. drove to his friend's restaurant. His friend, um, Mike, the incredible seafood chef. Michael Simarusti. Yeah, Simarusti at Providence. His last name stresses me out. Like, looking at it written down, I was like, are you going to say it? (laughs) I like that he called him my friend Mike, and the guys were like, is it Providence? And then they were exactly right. Um, So both of them had messed up seafood. So Angelo and Joe Pasta had to do a seafood challenge at uh, Simarusti's restaurant, um, and they could redeem themselves using... Only a choice of gooey duck, oysters, caviar, Seltus, and ouzo. Oh, Seltus uh, is so good. Seltus is a really pretty. It's a combination of a lettuce and a root vegetable. It's Seltus is like celery lettuce. That's the combination there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's fascinating. And so it's like the bottom is like a celery root that's bright green, and the top you could just use as like romaine lettuce. It's fascinating. Uh, there's a restaurant so in L.A. We can take you to Alex and guys. Sarah. I want to eat at so many restaurants with you. <laughs> that does a really good sell to sometimes. You could do takeout at the same time, y'all. You do, and then and then eat it on over Zoom. This is very normal. Everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm convinced by your tone. Um, so uh, yeah, they do a cook-off. Uh, Angelo goes with um, the the caviar, which is Simarusti's um, private label caviar. And then, um, so he goes with the caviar, and Joe Pasta makes gooey duck with saltus puree. And um, although Tom is very mean to Joe, Joe ends up winning. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty hard on both of them. He, he is, is hard on both of them. Um, I thought his tone was a little weird. He was so mean to Joe about this dish, but his only real criticism was that he thought the puree should go under the gooey duck instead of over. I, th- I thought he just, he seemed too mean for, I just wish this was in a different place. Well, it it looked kind of weird. It did look like a baby spit up on some beautifully cut gooey duck. Yeah, yeah. you want to have baby spit up on the plate and then put the gooey duck on top. <laughs> yes. Gooey duck on top of spit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I still like, my favorite thing about Last Chance Kitchen is just um, the Tom making a play on whatever you went out for. Yeah. I think it's yeah. very enjoyable. Yeah. He's kind of uh, he's kind of like sort of like a little like like tormenting Satan type situation. Yeah, he's you know? yeah. Yes, it's very needful things, needful dishes. Yeah. 
It's weird. The thing I actually think I like best about Last Chance Kitchen is that you get to see all the people who are eliminated in like this like kind of Greek chorus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, cheering stuff on. On the sidelines. Don't and be like us. That, like, it's sort of that relief of being like, oh, they got eliminated, but they're okay. <laughs> yeah, there's that. They're not killed. They're just, yeah. They just put on a different clothes and have to sit in a stool all day. I feel like yeah. the most awkward one is the second last chance kitchen when it's just one person yes, sitting on a stool. Absolutely. A very small. They don't have chorus. any buddies. Yeah. 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 I agree. The more buddies, the better that is. Um, and also it just, it does hurt a lot for Angela. So being eliminated from the show first is bad, but being eliminated from the show second and then immediately losing in last chance kitchen has got to hurt a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So not great. It's not, it's, it's not a good not feeling. Not awesome. Not he seemed really positive about it, though. Joe yeah, positive. Has any yeah, he did attitude. seem positive, yeah. Not that Joe has any chance of getting back in the show. So, But maybe they get paid a couple hundred bucks for being in Last Chance Kitchen, so I'm happy for them. Uh, Alex, what's your hanky rating on this? Uh, and everyone, I guess. Oh, thank you so much for asking. Yeah. I almost forgot. Out of 16 hankies, how do you guys uh, rank the Angelo uh, exit? Oh, Angelo was no hankies for me, but Kevin talking about his life was like a solid 10. Yeah, that was at least 12 yeah, hankies for that's sure. A good point. Yeah. Um, I got yeah, half, half a hanky. At most one or le- yeah, up to one hanky for Angelo. I, I seem to be the only one who enjoyed him at the different times, but I, I like him. I think two hankies two? out okay. of 16. Uh, yeah, for sure. Megan. I was going to say two. So Ooh. this is the same thing as I, I said last week, but I, I feel like the worst they do on the episode, the the fewer hankies for me. Mm. Like the fact yeah. that Angelo really seemed to blow it. It's like, well, I like you, but it seems fair. I feel yeah. like I was yeah. a little heartbroken just cause he was so into it. Like yeah, he's just true. really into the turmeric broth. Yeah. Actually, um, I, so. this is terrible, but I had two hankies for Eric being on the bottom and only one for Angelo being eliminated. <laughs> I was sadder wow. about Eric potentially going home than Angelo actually going home. I mean, I think that's going to happen a lot, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like, so many just, hankies. We got a lot of chefs to get through. A lot right. of chefs on the TV. Um, and lastly, bold predictions. Who's got one for me? I feel like I used all my up- jokes earlier. I mean, like, <laughs> can, you just, can, you just, can you just cut and paste this from before? Yeah, that's a good... If you guys want a bold prediction from Ezra, just go back five minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's fair. I, Ezra's, go ahead, Kyle. All right, Oh, what was the preview for next week? What the, What's the thing they're going to be doing next week? I forgot already. Me too. <laughs> oh, art. I think someone's oh, yeah, yeah, going... going to uh, I think... Let me figure out who it's going to be. I think Kevin is going to bump into a statue and knock it over. <laughs> oh, oh, I have a, I, oh, I have no. a family... That, that's that's a rough one. I hope it's not a good statue. I have a, I have a family-based bold, bold prediction okay. that um, someone will get injured... And uh, get a car from a lawsuit at the Getty. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. that is something that happened uh, in Sarah's family a while back. Yes. Yeah. My, oh, that, really? That is exactly what happened to my grandfather. Your grandfather Getty. got a Getty car. Yeah, a I Getty would say suit car. About over over twenty years ago, because my grandfather passed away about twenty years ago, so it was a few years before he died. He fell um, because there was no railing, I believe, on the mm. on some steep steps. Mm-hmm. And um, he was okay, but I mean, he, he, he was hurt and he got a settlement out of it and he used that to buy a convertible, which then um, after he passed away was passed down to me 
And I drove around that convertible for, I don't know, five years or so. No I remember your convertible, too. That was your, your Getty convertible. Yeah, the Sebring. And the other sweet thing about that is that uh, so uh, Sarah's grandfather was a twin, and his, uh, his twin brother, uh, the reason he got that convertible, right, was because his twin brother got that convertible before. Uh, and so they had these matching So cars. he had to, yep. yeah, by yeah. law. I don't think I don't think his brother had. To, I don't think he felt the Getty. No, also, his bro, his twin brother's convertible was not a Getty. Again, it wasn't Getty car. Right. <laughs> it's unrelated to injuries and stuff. Well, that's cute. Yes, I have someone we'll get a car. I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. That was all the bits. I just wanted to make one quick change to my prediction. It's going to be Stephanie Seymour that knocks over a statue, oh not my Kevin. God. Oh, <laughs> so much better and worse. I, I will say she seems clumsier. She um, does, and also I, she seems like she would say something very funny, like <laughs> "wicked oops." <laughs> I have one. Yeah. So, I think someone's going to try to recreate some sort of representation of boobs or butts. Oh yeah, and, and it's not going to go over well. Oh <laughs> man, this is going to be a horny episode. You're saying? Ooh. My yeah. bold prediction is that they'll do that, but it'll go over great. <laughs> That'll be like the Dirty Girl Burger that I'm still upset about. Years. What? Oh, yeah. Ugh, gross. Oh, I forgot. I hate that so much. Yep, me too. Me My, too. I want it to be an all, like, maybe just like an all, like, you know, like, uh, naughty body part, uh, like, quick fire, where it's just oh, like, it's only, it's only like, yeah. It's, so it's just mostly gooey ducks and, and cucumbers and such. Yeah. But then I also like the idea that they're going to blur out all the food. <laughs> all the food will be pixelated. <laughs> All right, that is a perfect bold prediction to end on. If they do an entirely blurry, uh, naked body part food episode, quick fight. We will talk egg. about it on Pack Your Mics. 16 hankies. 16. <laughs> Ew. Gross. <laughs> you don't know which way I meant that. Uh, <laughs> Esther's always cry- he cries when he gets turned on. It's weird. Um, all right, well, we're... I mean, it was almost a good place to leave it. Now I feel like we need to do cleanup efforts. But that's, well, we're out of time. No, that's what the hankies are for. That's not it. <laughs> it worse. Everybody's family listens to the show. All right. Thank All right, you so cut much. It, cut it earlier. Cut it earlier. Thank you for listening to Back Your Mics. Um, if you have any feedback for us, including bold productions or mail for the mailbags, please send it to mailbag at packyourmics.com. I mentioned a different email address last week because I'm stupid. That one also works, but the best one is mailbag <laughs> at packyourmics.com. Um, it'll go straight to Megan's bag. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter and on the web, packyourmics.com, where we have all of the links to the awesome stuff we mentioned in today's show, including Joe Plasta playing Overcooked, TopChefStats.com, uh, and City of Gold and other things. And also, um, we have to decide if we're going to call this episode Work Those Obliques or An Old Duck Yank. We got a lot of great <laughs> decisions to do. I'll, also, I was going to say, if you want to ta- email uh, Tanya specifically, uh, it's mailbarg. <laughs> she really so hits rude. the R. So I really can't let R's become my thing, guys. Please do There are worse things. Uh, thank you so much for being here, uh, Chris and Tanya. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's so great to Tanya. It's great to talk to you. And uh, Ezra and Sarah and children, great to talk to you yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. New Sarah and Kyle, thanks for continuing to tease the idea of us going to get food with you. Oh, maybe one day. It's, it, <laughs> it's very possible that someday that'll happen. Uh, we would like it so much. Go enjoy your biscuits. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. Absolutely. Let's let's make some brunch. Um, yeah. Chris, please pack your mics and stay home. Oh, man. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Oh. Dang it. All right, we'll just put on the music played there, but it did not work when I pressed the. All right.